1: the sunlight of April, Broadway shimmers like an enchanted garden. It's a place where golden women glide past mirrors of chrome. And you're happy because the reflection of all their smiles were for you. And nighttime comes and the sudden whirlpools of color are flung skyward from jeweled fountains. And you're happy. It's the once upon a time land you've searched for. In the morning, you wish it never happened. It's Broadway, my beat. It at night, and I was on my way home from headquarters. I didn't make it. A squad car picked me up at 43rd Street, and a man told me my working day wasn't over. They were from the technical lab. They were on their way to the scene of the crime, which was on Coney Island, which was where they were taking me, which is where I went, to Coney Island. Through a crowd gathered around the roller coaster, and to a man who was waiting for me. Hi, Danny. Okay, Margovin, what's up? The guy there in the third seat of this car, He's dead, Danny. Uh-huh. stabbed him Muggerman? Out there in the faceless crowd. You don't know, it's... huh? Not an idea. Except that somebody sat behind him and pushed a knife into him. Witnesses? Nope. And maybe this guy screamed. Who pays any attention to a scream on a roller coaster? Who found him? Him. Yeah, me. I found him. And you're who? Frank Criscio. I run this ride. Here's what, mister. This guy, this dead guy sitting there, he had a half a dozen tickets in his hatband. band. And to be tried, I just went over to him, took a ticket. Didn't disturb him. Didn't you notice something was wrong? Oh, people react different to roller coasters. To him, I figure it's restful. I didn't disturb him till he ran out of tickets. Then I disturbed him. Uh uh-huh. Then I found out I couldn't disturb him. And I yelled police. That checked He Told me just that, Danny. Identification of this man? Uh huh. Yeah, his wallet. Uh name, uh Thomas Stafford address, uh, uh here, a uh, rooming house in Brooklyn employed as a bonded runner for one Gerald Fussman, jeweler. Gerald who? Uh, Fussman. We turn it over to the technical boys now, huh? And as we performed the rites that come after violent death, the great amusement park wound down and became still, and the distant song of the carousel was washed out to sea. And the crowd Shivered against the rising mist, and against the memory that death had walked the carnival, that somewhere on the midway its wing had touched them. In the morning I had a call to make to the place of one Gerald Fussman Esquire, duels, etc. That's what it said on the window. Inside Gerald Fussman Esquire was very elegant, very etc. Welcome to my establishment. Make yourself comfortable, browse, indulge, etc. etc. <laughs> Thank you, I will. If you permit me, I could be of rather remarkable assistance. What you had in mind, was it for an amount a girl, a mother, a wife, a souvenir of twenty years, splendid service in your splendid factory? That would be nice. Could you make a replica of this? In diamonds? Dear boy, I can make a replica of anything in anything. Lady shoes, a lover's broken heart, a suit of armor, etc. etc. Take another look. I have. It's a badge. A police badge. My dear boy, I don't know quite how to put this, but I'm afraid my establishment is quite beyond the policeman's means. You put it very neat. At least there's nothing to talk about except maybe Tommy Stafford. Tommy? But how could you have known? Known what, Mr. Fussman? I was just on the verge of reporting it to the police. Tommy has absconded with $100,000 worth of jewels, a pearl necklace, priceless bubbles. Oh? Oh, yes. Last night at 8 o'clock, he was to deliver them to Madame Sybil in Coney Island. He and his co-messenger, Ed Roscoe. They never appeared at Madame Sibyl's. They vanished. Tommy Stafford is dead. But... Dead? Tommy? Tommy. Stabbed to death on a roller coaster.
2: Oh, that's horrible. So unnecessary. It makes everything so desperate. so... it's etcetera.
1: Et you say Tommy and this Ed Roscoe were to deliver the jewels to uh, Madame Sibyl?
2: Yes. She had already paid me a $10,000 deposit.
1: Last night she was to pay me the rest on delivery. She phoned me that the messengers hadn't come. I told her to be patient, that they would most assuredly make a delivery. I didn't know. I, I didn't know. Ed Drasco, do you have his address? His room with Tommy. You think Ed killed the boy? You think he killed him and stole the jewels? I don't know. What do you think, Mr. Fussman? I called headquarters and told them to bring in a man named Ed Drasco. Then it was back to Coney Island again. Soon Tony looked like a desert of unwound toys. I asked a man where I could find the establishment of Madame Sybil. He tried to talk me to the establishment of Madame Bernice, who was a girl who could really read bumps on the head, but I held out for Madame Sybil. He sighed, nodded his head that way, and I went. It was a wood-frame shack with a couple of windows decked out in silhouettes of a man's head. A man's head with bumps on them, each bump with a special name. The sign on the door said, Walk in. I did. Madam Sibyl offers herself to meditation. However, she will be with you within this moment in time. That's nice of Madam Sibyl. Mind if I sit down? Please. Who are you? Victor. Upon this level, this is the name by which I am known. Victor. Uh-huh. Well, I'll tell you, Victor... Reflect inwardly. Seek to attune yourself to the vibration. I've already done that, Victor. You know what? I'll bet if you unwrap that towel on your head, it'll read Hotel New Yorker. What's your business here, Mac? Police business.
2: You we will forgive, Madam Sibyl. Madam Sibyl was lost. Police, manager. police, can't you tell a cop yet, Sibyl? What's he want? What do you want him, mister? I
1: understand you paid a deposit on some jewels. You paid the deposit and the jewels were stolen.
2: I like a customer like you. You don't ask questions. They make statements and all I do is say yes. The easiest
1: kind of customer to have. I will take it off a customer and client basis and You
2: think get... you're is huh? <laughs> I'll write you off look at him look at victor put your towel on stage victor let me help you hold still cut it out will you and the grease paint every day he forgets to cover one ear ever see a man with two different colored ears turn around victor let him see okay okay look mister i always level with the law
3: i'm going to show you what who i really am right here in this wall
2: safe
3: because i like to level no secrets
1: from the police Sybil Spence, that's who I am. See? The jewel, Symbol. They in the safe, too? Want to look? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Nothing, huh? See? On the level. How is it that you can afford $100,000 worth of jewelry, Sybil?
2: Because I got $100,000. More. More than that nine concessions right here in Coney. I got money. There's a law.
1: And why this corny little pitch, reading heads? I like it. There's a law. The rest of the story, Sybil.
2: Like in the papers, I paid her down deposit. Huffman sent the jewels. He says. Huffman says. I didn't get them.
1: Tell him, Victor. Tell the police. She didn't get them. Then Tommy Stafford or Ed Drosser showed up. Tell him, Victor. Neither one showed up.
2: back to headquarters Danny welcome back from the cotton candy and the two-foot hot dogs of Coney Island after these heavenly pleasures it must be rough to get back into the swing of things with us mere mortals drop
1: oh here i brought you some pinwheels oh gee Danny thanks Ah, <laughs> gee Danny when you blow on them
2: don't they make a ring around the rosy of pretty colors uh,
1: they're for the Tataglia children Tataglia. Huh? oh so of course they forget our time your children who's else children for a minute you have me well do Then so leave us lay aside our childish pleasures and get down to the affairs at the moment huh, and then if you insist i uh, uh yeah uh this matter of bringing in this messenger ed drasko it has not been accomplished why for the simple reason that this aforesaid ed drasko has taken on to himself a powder he is not in his rooming house, nor in his appointed haunts, nor in... not he... an all-points bulletin on him. I want Ed Drasko. Well, oh, naturally. Number one suspect, honey. Huh, Danny? There's such an open and... Anything set... else, Inspector? Case. No, 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 nothing to bother our pretty little brains about. This Frank Curcio, only a ticker take of the roller coaster on which was found the body of the deceased... What about Curcio? Oh, a tight alibi. When he was not taking tickets, he was in a rendezvous with a dancing girl whose blue-jay corn plasters had come awry all checked for a mere mortal kathaglia you uh, excuse me today no sure, naturally thank you danny clover speaking you and me clover we got a date victor amalfi and you oh have we victor you'll wear a fresh towel <laughs> i like that yeah you and me and that dress he wants we should come to his dance ed drasko yeah he wants to make a deal about the jewels he said i should come alone, but being law-abiding like where I where's mean? the dance victor Hall of mirrors back entrance Twelve thirty tonight I can count on you then, Detective Clover. Hello, Detective. Victor Drasco made contact with you yet? He said he'd be here. I haven't seen him. I've been waiting here, but I haven't seen him. Tell it to me again. Why should Drasco contact you? So simple. A guy steals $100,000 worth of jewels, double-crosses his employer, kills his buddy. The jewels are hot, he can't get rid of them, so he makes a deal with the madam and me, 25 grand. Why did you call me? Well, like I try to impress you on the phone. I'm on it. I'm double-crossing a killer. I called in the cops. You'd like it some other way? Yeah, I thought this hollow mirrors was close. there's someone in there. Maybe Drasco, come on. You first, Victor. Yeah, yeah, I know where the lights are. You better follow me, Detective. The guy can get lost in here. Is that you, Victor, or a mirror? Now there's six of you. I'm the third one from the left. Come on. Yes, sir. I'm right beside you. Gasco must have brought a gun. Yeah, we're standing here like that. With an advantage. How does he know which of us is real and which one are reflection?
3: Well, what are you waiting for, Detective? He's shooting. Where are you gonna pull your gun? Yeah,
1: I'll do that. Right, sir, but what do I shoot at? That way. Away. The shot came from right there. Shoot! Shoot! <laughs> hey, you're good, detective. I think you got it. Wait a minute. Okay, let's go. Over there, there's that broken mirror. Someone's lying on the floor. Uh,
2: yeah. Grasco. Yeah, that's Grasco, all right. How do you know? I saw him at the jewelry store.
1: Hey, you're a really good detective. One shot, and you oh. kill a man. The case is over, huh? Wait a minute. I'll see. Well, watch the see? Oh, oh, looking for the jewels. They on them? They're, they're on them, huh? It's it's all over, huh? The Drasco, but he lied to you, Victor. No jewels, huh? No jewels. How do you figure it, Victor? A man dies for a lot of jewelry he didn't have. <laughs> You are listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. This land is your land. This land is my land. This land was made for you and
2: me. In France, Mont Vert means green Mountain. In the United States, Vermont. Uh, Vermont means green Mountain. The similarity is purely intentional, for the mountainous state of Vermont was originally settled by the French. There is other evidence, too, of the early French settlers, like Vergennes, the one-time capital named for the French Minister of Foreign Affairs. But despite its French ancestry, Vermont is American through and through, from Ethan Allen and the furniture which is made today bearing his name to Steamtown, USA, near Delos Falls. From St. Albans, leading producer of an all-American commodity, maple syrup, to a little country store in Weston. The fresh fragrance of red clover, the granite beneath its hills characteristic of its people, the well-known Vermont cussedness or independence, Admiral George Dewey and Calvin Coolidge, all things typically American, typically Vermont. There's
1: this about Broadway it measures emotion, computes sensation in terms of neon and mazda on broadway all that glitters is gold when light screams it goes well on broadway when darkness flares not so good but the death of ed Rasco in a hall of mirrors that was something else that measured up almost as good as the violent death of tommy stafford on a roller coaster in coney island and the gleam of a hundred thousand dollars worth of missing jewels that was dazzling worth at least a sack of confetti carnival time that's what it was carnival time. Or as Sargentino Tattaglia put it. Danny, you add this all together and it comes out a three-ring circus with three rings. Yeah. Meet the clown, Tertaglia. What are you talking, Danny? You're a hero. You kill a thief, a murderer, thereby solving the previous murder. In the book, that makes you a hero. The clown is for laughing at whom. Maybe Drasso didn't mean to be killed. What are you talking? you find him with his gun in his hand. Previous to that, bullets were flying amongst the mirrors in your general direction. At a time like that, you're going to stop to ask yourself, should I or shouldn't I? I was eager to tell you. If I hadn't been so eager, a man would still be alive. A man we could talk to so we could be sure. Danny, before you go any further with this selfish torture, explain to me this business of eager. If I played it smart, if I'd shown myself, maybe Drasco wouldn't have been so quick with his gun. I could have waited to take him. Right away, where is his gun? In technical for a routine check. Registry, fingerprints, and all the so forth and so forth the technical does with a gun. Yeah. The list and the missing jewels, is it not? It is out, Danny. Which brings me to the tidbit of the day. A tidbit which will bring a smile to your gloom, a ray of sunshine to no, your. Just a tidbit, Nataglia. Of course. We are just in receipt of information, Danny, that a drunk by the name Paul Otis is honoring the drunk tank in the Coney Island with his presence. I can't tell you how happy that makes me. Wait, let me finish, Danny, before you make another bitter remark. It seems that on a routine perusal of the belongings of said Paul Otis. Was found on him a diamond brooch, which answers to the description of a diamond brooch on the list of
2: the missing jewels. See, Danny? See how long you are to doubt me when I am just what like the doctor ordered? Stop banging the
1: cell door. The hangover hurts, huh, Paul you got to give me time to get used to being in jail. You'll close the door gently next time, yeah? Sure, sure. My name's Clover, Danny Clover. Clover. You're telling me that because you're going to third degree me, huh? So when you rubber hose me, I can yell, Stop, Danny Clover! Yeah. All we're going to do is chat. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Chat. Yeah. You want a cigarette, Paul? Yeah. Your kind with truth serum in it? Uh, yeah, yeah, you cops. Okay, no cigarette. Where'd you get this diamond brooch? Uh, you hurt my head with questions like that. Where'd you get it, Paul? Nowhere. I'm suspicion of robbery, and I'm stuck with it. Murder. listen. But did you... Don't... Don't get close to me, eh? Don't touch me. Paul, a man was supposed to deliver this pulse and some more jewelry. A man named Tommy Stafford. He never showed up. He was murdered. I listen. I'm listening real good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tommy Stafford. You know him? Uh, no. No, no. Uh-uh. How about a man named Ed Drasko? Ed Drasco. You know Ed Drasco, Paul? No, I don't know Ed Drasco. But I'm listening. Look, last night you were picked up in Coney, not too far from the scene of Tommy's murder. You had this brooch with you, a brooch that Tommy had a little while before he was killed. What's the story, Paul? I am a carnival roustabout who likes to drink. After work, I was in a bar with a girl and drinking. And drinking? And drinking. And I opened my eyes and I come upon this dream. I am all of a sudden in a drunk tank with brooch. Without girl? What girl? Who was she? Dee Morris, hula type. The type that hula's on the midway show on Coney. Dee Morris? Huh? Okay, Paul. Now, now, no, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're getting too close. I had to pull him away from the cell door. When he was aware that my hands were on him, he screamed again, ran to a corner, and with his finger drew a symbol on the air. I took him as a symbol to keep the evil beasties away. It worked. Someone opened the door and took me away from Paul Otis. In the early afternoon light, the midway at Coney is a tattered circus poster peeling off an alley wall. The color is drained from it, and the attractions don't care if you do or don't. Back of the fat man who wanted to guess my weight was another man who wanted me to go back with him into an Arabian night for only two bits. Two dimes and a nickel, a quarter of a dollar. Back of him were six tired harem girls on a platform, yawning through recorded-type music from a Coney-type loudspeaker. For the price of admission, he pointed out B. Morris, the one with the biggest yawn. I found a chair inside the tent and waited for her.
3: Michelle tells me you were asking
1: for
3: me. Well, now that you see me up close, you can run a war, that's you? Sure.
1: sit down, Harry. I want to talk to
3: you. <laughs> I told you to talk to an artist. An artist like me, huh, Sport? <sighs> Come on. Here's my person.
1: Come on. Let's talk, B. Let's talk about Paul Otis.
3: Hmm? What's the matter, you Get with the Paul? Tell Auntie Bee all about it.
1: I'm a policeman. I want you to talk to me about Paul because we're holding him for murder.
3: Murder? Yeah. Paul? You must be kidding. Paul hasn't got enough protein to raise his voice, let alone
1: murder. Murder. The murder of Tommy Stafford. The messenger boy on the roller coaster? Why would poor little Paul want to kill a poor little messenger boy? For a diamond brooch, maybe? To impress you, maybe? Those would be good reasons. Except Paul hasn't got it in him to think him up. Maybe you ought to know, B. We found the brooch on him. Along with the bottle tops in his pocket, we found a diamond brooch. You know him so well, B. Where would Paul get a thing like that?
3: I'll tell you. I'll tell you for free. Maybe you got it the same place I got these diamond earrings. Look at them. Go ahead. Buy them things. Go on. The year of January 14-carat diamonds.
1: Yeah. They're on a the missing list, the, the earrings and the brooch. Missing from two murdered men. Where'd you get them?
3: This will make you open your mouth real wide. They were left on my dressing table in a dirty little white box. Eerie, the whole thing, isn't it? What?
1: You didn't wonder where they came from?
3: Who asks where diamonds come from?
1: We do, these Policemen do that. Let's go where it's cool and quiet and official and talk. Like at headquarters. Danny! Huh? Here, Danny. I've got you a nice piece of chicken cut your door. I I it from my lunchbox you should gnaw on uh, instead of your fingernails. I'm not gnawing on my fingernails, to take them. Literally, no. But figuratively, I can see your brain devour them to the hub. Go ahead, take the chicken. Uh, you eat it, dear.
2: Oh, thanks a lot,
1: Danny. Oh, hey, Danny, Stop it. Was kicking on my mind. I forgot to tell you. Forgot to tell me what to tell you. I got the report back from technical about the gun. Quick, huh? All right. What does technical have to say? Uh, here, here. You, you hold the chicken. I'll, I'll read it Okay. you. Lieutenant Detective Danny Clover. from New York Police Department Ballistics Division. Subject: Gun. Type of thirty-eight caliber. Police positive. Registry none. Fingerprints none. Signed Marvin McBrown, New York Police Department Ballistics Division. Huh? Signed Marvin McBrown. No, no, no. The part about the prints. Huh? Oh, 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 fingerprints? No. Hey, uh, Danny, how could this uh, Drasco have his mitts on the gun and then leave no fingerprints? Huh, Danny? You've got a good question, Gino. Uh, here, take your chicken back. It was the best question of Sartaglia's brilliant career. How could Drasco have shot at me and left no fingerprints on the gun he held in his bare hand? It was a good question, because it could contain within itself a good answer. It could answer why Paul Otis and B. Morris had stolen jewels on them. It could answer the murder of Tommy Stafford and maybe even the death of Ed Drasso. And for the answer to a question that already has an answer, you go to a clairvoyant to someone who reads head bumps like Madame Sibyl's in Coney Island to her top boy, Victor Amelty. Madam Sibyl offers herself to meditation. However, she will be with you within this moment. Uh, ah, it's a detective. Come on, detective. Same to you, Victor. Where's Madam Sybil? Like I told you, in the back room, meditating. If you're here as a client, you'll have to wait for the madam. If you're here to pass the time of day, likewise. You're two times wrong, Victor. I want you and Sybil for murder. You make a hobby of this? You point a finger, say you're a murderer, and this makes a murderer, huh? You got one yesterday, Clover. How many do you need to make you happy? You and Sybil. All right, I'll humor you. Whom is whom we have murdered? Tommy Stafford, maybe? Ed Drasco, maybe? Drasco? Ha! <laughs> You need an aspirin, kid. $100,000 worth of jewels for a measly down payment of ten grand. Good profit, $90,000. And all it cost was the murder of two messenger boys. I could get you by and Cheap at the price, huh, Victor? It's so easy. You take Stafford on the roller coaster, stick a knife in his back. Sybil takes Drasko somewhere else, puts a bullet in him. What'd you do with the jewels? Put in the safe after I left? Let's take a look at the safe, huh, Victor? A little thing. One little thing. I read in the papers you got two birds with stolen diamonds in their mouths. Diamonds the madam bought and never got. You must know about that, Victor. You planted them. You planted them on Paul Otis and B. Two people whose business it was to be near the scene of the crime. It almost worked. Now let's look at the safe, huh? First you have to get by, Victor, detective. That ain't going to be easy. Let's try, shall we? <laughs> Fine. Welcome what? from the beyond, Sybil. Tonight the Zodiac said kill Victor. I'm
2: glad it was Victor. I'm glad it wasn't you, Mr. Clover.
1: When what? I played the gun, i never pointed a gun before. Yeah. Okay, Sybil. Give me the gun. What for? Ballistics will want to match it against the slugs in the body.
2: But you saw me shoot Victor.
1: A gun.
3: All right. All right here. Yeah. But you saw me. I killed him. What do you need the gun for?
1: Ed uh, brat I'm not real sure. Understand, Sybil? But I'm waving a finger at you. This is the gun that killed Ed Drasco.
2: You're talking about you killed Drasko? The paper said you killed Ed Drasko. You oh. did,
1: Sybil. It figures that way. Drasko was dead even before I walked into the Hall of Mirrors because his fingerprints went on his gun. You can't make fingerprints by resting a gun in the open hand of a dead man. You're trying to attack me. No, it figures, Sybil, like I said it did. It was you shooting up the Hall of Mirrors. Not trying to hit anyone, just shooting it up so I'd take a shot in the dark and just happen to kill Ed Drasko, Mr. Clover, Where the a jewel, Sybil. In the States. It went not in there the last time we opened it. Let's see now. Open the safe. Go ahead, open it. No.
2: No, you can't have
1: them. No, they're mine. I can't them. They're mine. Stop no, fighting you, You... They're oh,
2: no. oh, not mine. Are they? Let's go, Sibyl.
1: lighting is the spectacular. Then Broadway's happy, leans into the night and screams. You turn a corner and run toward it. It's right there waiting for you. Start screaming too, as It'll explode right in your face. It's Broadway, the audience, the most violent, the lonesomest smile in the world. Broadway, my big Ways My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia. The program was produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. The musical score was composed and conducted by Alexander Courage.